Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. We're back and live with another edition of the Cavs Weekly Podcast on the waiting, on waitingfornextyear.com. I'm Josh Baloha. He's Seth Wanamaker. We are live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Unfortunately, this is probably one of like our not saddest podcasts of date of, of the five, but there's not there's not really much to talk about nowadays. I mean, injuries, losses, and just like the Cavs, they, they have moral victories, I guess, in last night. So they went one and two this past week. A moral victory last night. They were down big, came back and almost won. But my how time, times have changed over the last few weeks. The Cavs are losing more. The injury bug has officially hit them. They're without basically all their guards besides Brandon Goodwin. And it just it is what it is, I guess. I mean, luckily there's plenty there's still plenty of season left and they've accomplished a lot in this season, no matter what happens the rest of the way. But just the injury bug stinks. But here with me, as usual, Seth from a hotel in Columbus. How you doing, Seth? And what are your some of your first thoughts on the cast this past week? Hey, Josh, doing good. Back in the hotel living. feel like a basketball player, the amount of travel I've been doing lately, but I don't get the money, and I'm not nearly as in shape as those guys, so I just got the hotel part in lockstep. Uh, regarding Cavs, yeah, it's it's been tough. Um, the past few games, I think we understood that it was going to be tough sledding and they were going to have to win a certain way. Um, you know, they've gone one and four in their past five and they've got a really tough stretch coming up so we can start to project and see, you know, how they've slipped a little bit in the standings and and where that could be in the next couple of weeks. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see once they're able to get some of these injured guys back. So I know we're going to dive into injuries. We don't want this to be all, you know, doom and gloom injuries. We're going to shake some, some fun stuff into here and, and have it kind of blended a lot of stuff, like you said, to be excited about. They've accomplished so much, uh, but unfortunately, we got to talk a little bit about injuries and how that's going to impact this season. Yeah, one and four in the last five, and just the All Star break. It was all glorious last week. We came on here all hyped up because it was, I think, Wednesday afternoon. The Cavs are coming back to play. No, it was Thursday. Thursday afternoon, the Cavs are coming back to play Thursday night. And just before I podcasted, the news came out that Darius Garland will would be out with his back injury, recurring back injury that has seems like it's been freaking years that he's had that, but it's only been a month or two. And he hasn't played since. He hasn't played since he, uh, before the All-Star game. He played during the All-Star game, obviously, but that's that's a conversation for another day. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we talked about this rough stretch they have coming up, this nine-game stretch starting tomorrow night. It would have been tough with a full team. Well, not a full team. As healthy as they could be with Darius and Lowry back, Rondo and Karis LeVert. We're not going to talk about like Colin Sexton and those guys because those guys are long injured. But um, now it's going to be even tougher without – hopefully Darius Garland for the first time in two weeks was upgraded to questionable, which, hey, an upgrade's an upgrade. I'll take it. He was listed as out for weeks now, so I'll take it. Maybe that means that they're hoping that he can play. 
it'll be on a minutes restriction. It'll probably be like 20-ish minutes, I'd say, tops, which still isn't ideal. But, hey, 20 minutes of Darius Garland's better than zero minutes of Darius Garland, so I'll take it. But, yeah, this nine-game stretch starting tomorrow night, I mean, we talked about last week. We were talking about before the podcast. Versus Charlotte, at Philly, versus Toronto, at Indy, at Miami, at Chicago, versus the Clippers, versus Philadelphia, versus Denver. Wow. I mean, the Cavs have, like, a top 10 easiest schedule the rest of the way, but this stretch, I mean, after the stretch, it'll probably be a top three easiest schedule. But, it. I mean, I hope they can win four out of the nine. Maybe find a way. And this is another thing we talk about, win ugly. No matter how ugly it is, no matter how low-scoring it may be at times, just w- find a way to win. And, I mean, if Brandon Goodwin's your point guard, just f- literally win ugly and just find a way to get the W. I don't care how – I don't care if it's a 70-65 to 65 final. It's not going to be that in the NBA. But you know what I mean? Just find a way to win. Yeah, I think Mike Ganzi came out and uh, as he was promoted to new general manager of the Cavs when, when Kobe got elevated to his role, um, he came out on the radio show, I believe it was 923, and admitted that Darius had a, a pretty bad bone bruise and didn't sound overly optimistic about when he would return. And that's kind of jived with what we've seen. You know, he's Darius has been kind of hit or miss and seems like they've been pretty strategic with him to this point. But the past few games, he had been ruled out, you know, kind of automatically. So it seemed like there was definitely some sort of setback. Uh, so that, that part's been tough. But to your point, I did see Kelsey Russo reported that he was upgraded to questionable. He, he went through light practice today, he played some one on one after practice. So things like seems like things are heading in the right direction for him. And, you know, if, if you were able to get one guy back, it's him, right? Like Levert, Rondo, Darius. Ideally, you want at least two of those three, but, you know, get Garland in as soon as possible. Um, like you said, the, the next few games are, are going to be so critical. The vast majority are going to are against Eastern Conference opponents. And even the the non are, are kind of tough. Like at Indy is not like the easiest game ever. Indy's always kind of a tough place to play. They've got new guys that that want to play well from Sacramento with uh, with Heald and and Halliburton. So yeah, they they just don't have a, a clunker. And honestly, a couple of the games they've lost recently were you know you kind of check those off as wins. So yeah, it's it's been tough sledding. The uh, I saw the Cavs kind of nosedive down to twenty sixth in the league in points per game. It's just a tough stretch right now. Like you said, they have to win ugly. Um, defense needs to carry them. And one of the biggest things that has been apparent is just turnovers. Like, I don't even know if their defense has played as bad as it may have looked recently. It, it hasn't looked good, but they're just giving up so many turnovers because they're asking guys like Lowry and Goodwin and Love to initiate so much offense. Like, Lowry's is trying to dribble drive. Uh, frequently last night. I'm like, he's a seven footer. They're just asking guys to do too much right now. It's been tough. Like you said, hopefully we get Garland back, um, get him, you know, affiliated, get him for this stretch run, which is critical to stay within that top six and then see where things shake out. So yeah, it's, it's, it's been a rough go. Don't necessarily want to like nitpick each and every game. I, I just real quick. One of the things I'd mention is 
Love had had a tough couple games before the All-Star break, and he came back out and, and had a, a few more tough ones against Piston and – I'm sorry, the Pistons and the Wizards. Uh, he finally broke out of that last night, had a hell of a game against uh, Minnesota. So it was great to see him come back even in a loss. I mean, the Cavs just need him right now. Like, they need a scorer, and if he's not hot, they're going to have a hard time scoring enough to win. They not only need a scorer, but they just need a guy that can move the ball. I mean – Jackson Frank on, I forget the what website he writes for, but he wrote a fantastic article today on Kevin Love and just his resurgence, how going from like a, hey, when is he going to be bought out to being such a key part of this Cavs incredible season? And whether he, he's scoring, rebounding, a passer, he is just so vital to this team, especially without Karis LeVert, Rondo, and Darius Garland. It's just, yeah. I mean, he had the coming out party last night, like you said, but hopefully it just becomes more of a common thing again than like a one every five game sort of thing. And speaking of their schedule, I actually just looked the Cavs. There once was a day a few weeks ago when they had one of the easiest strengths of schedule left. Now they're up to the 13th toughest schedule remaining, which is very surprising to me actually. Um, but tankathon.com does their nine toughest opponents remaining. So, nine of the 21 games basically and this nine game stretch that we talked about a few minutes a few minutes ago five of those teams are considered five of the nine toughest opponents so if they can literally just get through this stretch just like like people said find a way to win no matter how ugly it is go four and i mean three and six at the worst i think four and five or five i mean anything better than four and five i'll be very happy especially if darius garland i'm assuming he won't it's it's pretty obvious that Darius Garland won't play in a back-to-back again this season. I mean, Chris Fedor reported today or last night, maybe. Yeah, last night that um, it's a lingering back issue. It's I mean, all back issues are pretty lingering, but it's something that he'll have to deal with the rest of the season until the offseason. So it is what it is. But yeah, it seems pretty obvious that he won't play in any more back-to-backs. But just find a way. I mean, I know the Cavs hashtag is let them know, but it should really be just find a way, especially with all these injuries. Yeah. I know there's still 20 plus games left for most teams, but you can't help yourself, but look at the the standings a bit and, and notice the, the Cavs are one game ahead now of Boston. Who's just been red hot, best defense in the league. Um, and they're, what are they two and a half games above Toronto who the Cavs play very soon. So yeah, the, things can change very quickly, you know, it, and just with how hot the teams have been below them lately, Boston, Toronto, we project the nets are going to become hot pretty soon once they get their guys back. Um, it's, it's, it's going to be tough. So yeah, every game is critical. And like you said, just looking at the next six games, Charlotte, Philly, Toronto, Indy, Miami, Chicago, it's like two and four. I mean, I, I Depends on if Garland comes back, right, and if Levert comes back. But without those guys, like if you go two and four in that stretch, um, you know it's fantastic. <laughs> you can't can't ask for much more. It's um, it's a tough spot right now, based off of the last five games that we've watched and, and the team going one and four in some really winnable games. But I mean, there's not not much you can do, right? I think that's one of the questions that I've been kicking around. That it might not be a, a bad idea to get your perspective on is um, whenever there's injuries and you're hit by the bug. I think a lot of folks like to question what's going on in the training room. How are, how are guys projecting and um, how are they working out? What are their habits? Um, what does practice look like? Not, so not necessarily a mailbag question for you, Josh, but just in general, 
based off the number of injuries this year, where do you skew on, you know, bad luck versus maybe they have some guys that are susceptible to injury over the average player um, versus maybe there is something going on where they need to evaluate and continue to learn about, you know, best practice. Part of it's bad luck. I mean, I'm sure a little bit is just the training regimen, but I mean, let's Ricky Rubio ACL. That's just bad. Non-contact. That's just bad luck. Colin Sexton. I don't even remember Colin Sexton's injury, to be honest, prior to the season or just whatever Colin Sexton's injury was. I don't remember what it was. Rondo, a toe. I don't think there's much a training regimen can do with a toe. Let's um, Karis Levert. I forget what Karis LeVert's injury is, you know. Yeah, and rolled, rolled his ankle. Oh, I rolled think. his ankle. That's right. Karis LeVert rolled his ankle. I mean, there's only like, I guess you can make your ankle stronger. But Anthony Davis, I mean, he's one of the best athletes in the NBA, and he just rolled his ankle bad, and he's out much longer than Karis LeVert is. And then Darius, I mean, just a back injury, a freak back injury that's just a lingering one that's going to linger until the Cavs season's over, or Cavs hopefully a playoff series is over at some point. So, I mean, I think it's more I, – I get why some people say, I mean, the Cavs maybe they they have to, like, redo their training or whatever it is. But I think with these guys, it's just bad luck. And I forget if it was our WFMY Discord or the Chase Down Discord, but someone said, if you would have told me that Rondo, Karis LeVert, and Darius Garland were all hurt at the same time they were on another team, I'd be like, well, yeah, they're all injury-prone guys. But being a Cavs fan, it just sucks. And, I mean, Darius Garland's been hurt, it seems like, every year since he was in college. I think he was hurt in college, too. He only played, like, 10 to 15 games. So it's just injury-prone guys that just had really bad luck with injuries, and it happened at the wrong time. I guess maybe if you're hoping that – the law of edges kicks in and the Cavs are fully healthy. Knock on wood next year when the expectations will be real. Maybe it's a good time to get these injuries uh, over with. But yeah, it's it just bad luck and injuries are stacked up, not in the Cavs' favor. And the Cavs are stuck with literally Brandon Goodwin and Jetty Oseman as their point guards for two, three weeks during a very important stretch. And it's, it's been a wild ride. You and I said it exactly, not to like toot our own horn, but we said when the, the Garland and the Rondo injury happened, it's like we're about to see a lot of Osmond, and boy, have we. We see we see Osmond doing so much initiating. We've seen the good Osmond and the bad. I mean, he is he was I think he was five for nine shooting from three mm-hmm. last night. He had like 17, 19 points. Him and Kevin Love had like 50-some, like, yeah, I think it was like 45, 50 points off the bench. Can't ask for much more than that. Yeah, I mean, if you're relying on Brandon Goodwin, but, and that's another thing. What if the Cavs didn't sign Brandon Goodwin to a two-way contract earlier this year? I mean, where would they be right now? Let's be honest. I honestly don't know. Whoever scouted Brandon Goodwin and said, hey, let's sign him, kudos to you because I don't know. I honestly don't know where the Cavs would be if they didn't have Brandon Goodwin right now, which is incredible to me because on a fully healthy team, well, one, on a fully healthy team, he's not even on a team. Two, fully healthy if, like, Rondo and – if Rondo, Garland, and Karis LeVert are all healthy, Brandon Goodwin's maybe getting five to seven minutes a night. And now he's he just had like 15 points and 12 assists last night. I mean, Brandon Goodwin's playing out of his mind, but he just had a starting caliber point guard. We all know that. But it's just what the Cavs are stuck with right now. It's just it's one of those things where it is what it is. There's only so much the Cavs can do with bad luck. And Brandon Goodwin's giving it his all, and he's one of the main reasons why. I mean, last – 
they beat the Wizards, and then they came back last night. He was a huge reason for that. I don't know. Injuries suck. I'm glad Brandon Goodwin is a Cav because he is taking these starting point guard duties with Jetty and made the most of them. But I could, I just, I hope one day in the near near future, Lavert, Rondo, and Garland are all suited up for the Cavs. Hopefully before April. I mean, I don't know when the playoffs start. I think the beginning of April. Hopefully it'd be by like two, three weeks from now. I just want to see like a full Cavs team and have them get some chemistry before the playoffs start, hoping that the Cavs make the playoffs. Yeah, I think the play-in starts, don't quote me, I think it's April 12th for play-in, and then the playoffs start, you know, very quickly after that. They they kind of put those – those playing games are pretty rapid fire, and then the playoffs start just days after. So, yeah, you're right. I – it's it's tough to take the macro approach right now because as you see the the Cavaliers kind of drop down in the standings. It's tough because you want to see him hold on to that top six seed, but I guess at the end of the day, <clears throat> you'll take a healthy Cavs team if Darius and Karis and Rondo can get back. If they're in the seven or eight seed and they and they have to get beat twice in that instance to not make the playoffs and, and they get a shot at say Atlanta or. Who would be another challenger there? Maybe Charlotte. You know, if, if either of those teams beat the Cavs twice, Brooklyn. Oh, Bro- oh, yeah. I hope Brooklyn's. Not, oh my god, that'd be the Cavs' worst luck if they make the play. <laughs> if they fall to the play-in, and then Brooklyn's in it with a fully healthy Ben Simmons, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie. Is the, I mean, I guess it's Cleveland though, so it's probably bound to happen. Book it right now. Right. Yeah, we, we, we need to make sure if, if Brooklyn's like seven, we're eight, or if, if they're eight, we're seven. Yeah, we, we need no piece of them at, in the nine or ten spot. So I, th- I think the Cavs, you know, they, they could drop down to seven or eight. I, I would have a hard time thinking they're going to drop all the way down to nine or ten. They, they have a pretty healthy lead against Charlotte and Atlanta, unless things really came off the wheels. But, but Two yeah. things before we go forward. One, for those not familiar with the play-in, it was a new thing last i don't think they did it in the bubble was it in the bubble is that when it started it might have been in the bubble i want to say yes yeah so it started in the bubble two two seasons ago so instead of the top eight teams making the playoffs the top six teams are guaranteed in six or seven through ten are in the play-in seven plays eight the winner is a seven seed the loser plays the winner of nine and ten the winner of that game is the eight seed so the seven eight team has two chances to win one game. Basically, it's a one game playoff twice. So I, I like the I like the format, especially in like a one game. I, it's but then again, like in basketball, if you have a hot shooting night, you can beat anyone, especially in the NBA. I mean, that's why March Madness and NCAA basketball is so awesome. But I'm glad it gives teams seven and seeds seven and eight two chances to win, uh, one game. And yeah, and then so that and then. I mean, it's crazy that we're talking about playing. If you would have told me this a month ago, I'd be like, wow, you're crazy. And secondly, I mean, the Cavs are going to make the play on playing. I hope. I hope that's pretty guaranteed at this point. But that pick that we sent to Indiana for Karis Levert, thank goodness that's protected in case disaster happens. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
Yeah. Great job by Kobe. I mean, it, honestly, yeah, you said it. Thank gosh, because I don't think any of us sat here a couple of weeks ago and thought there was any chance in heck they weren't going to be a top six seed. Um, you know, they had a 99.5% chance to make the the playoffs, the, the top eight via e- ESPN NBA simulations. And, and yeah, things are different now. <laughs> you know, it's remember, all going to be on health. Remember a few weeks ago when the Cavs were projected to be the number one seed in the East? Those are the good times. Then the injuries happened. And by the way, for those not looking at NBA standings or anything, the Cavs are four and a half games back of Miami for the top spot in the East. They're nine and a half games ahead of the 11 seed. So it's 21 games left. I mean, unless somehow, like, I, although I guess a lot of us are Browns fans, so we've seen disaster happen. But unless, like, something crazy happens, the Cavs are going to be at least in the play-in. And I mean, let's be honest. I mean, I'd want the Cavs in a playoff series, but a play-in game with the Cavs would not only be great experience for the players, but that would be one heck of a – that I mean, the Cavs are already appointment television when healthy, but that is appointment television right there. Yeah, I can't wait. I have I have a trip planned in April, and if the Cavs make the playoffs, um, not the playing, but playoffs, it'll be centered around that time. And I'm like kicking myself a little bit because I'm going to be out of state. And I'm like, damn, I would love to go to Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse and, and get that playoff buzz going again. So we'll see. I, I will gladly, you know, if someone wants to hook me up some tickets, I'll stay home. I'll sacrifice the trip if someone can get me like Section 107, maybe five 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 rows or, or closer would be great. Um, you know, one, one thing I wanted to mention before we moved off, just in terms of the last couple games, uh, Laurie marketing, I, I think I personally undervalued how much he helps this team. And right now he doesn't have his full complement of guys around him to get him the ball in good spots. He's battling to get, to have guys throw him the ball, like numerous times the past couple of games, Goodwin's missed him or Allen's thrown him a bad pass. But I mean, Laurie's just been incredible since he came back into the Pistons. He went 22 and six, 22.6 rebounds. Uh, Washington, he had 23 points, six of nine from three. And he, he's just so dynamic, whether he's got a little guy on him and he's pinning him down in the paint or just, just being a deadly knockdown shooter, truly miss Laurie. And man, he, he adds a whole other element. So uh, very excited for him. And once Garland comes back, uh, I mean, that that's the dream. Got a little bit of spacing, got Garland back, but severely miss Laurie and love seeing him back. This is a perfect segue. Yeah, I love seeing Laurie too. I mean, his three-point shooting, he's the third seven-footer in Tower City or whatever that seven-footer group is called with Mobley, Markkinen, and Allen. Yeah, I mean, if he you, – you brought up a great point with with this team at full strength. He's going to not only have more space, but Darius Garland is going to get him the ball in his spots. So hopefully, I mean, if he's a consistent, like – I'll take like 15 to 18 points a night. If you can count on him and be efficient from behind the arc, I'm all for that. But a couple with some rebounds and a couple assists, but we're segueing to that. Lowry marking them for some reason gets a lot of disrespect on cash footer. I don't know why. I don't know if it's analytics or what, but another guy that also receives plenty of disrespect on cash footer, especially today being Tuesday, March 1st, Isaac Okoro, what did he do to deserve this disrespect? I'm I'm not going to mention any names because it's been a lot of people. And there's a lot of people on right. There's people on both sides, but like, I don't. 
I'll let you go first because I ha- I have plenty of things to say, especially because I'll literally just read off what I said in Discord earlier. And by the way, I I always forget to plug our Discord. If you're a Cleveland fan and you want to just talk sports, whether it be Browns, Ohio State, Cavs, Guardians, Cleveland State, anything, literally, it doesn't even have to be Cleveland related. Join our Discord. Uh, if you go on our Twitter, I think it's pin the pin tweet is on our Twitter WFMIKLE. Just join our Discord and just talk talk to us i guess and yeah talk sports because we love talking sports obviously we're podcasting and writing about sports on this website but yeah so seth i guess you go first i'll go second on isaac okoro and the disrespect yeah absolute slander i know there are a few tweets that were rolling around today about his impact and uh talking about you know just some cherry pick numbers about how he's not extremely impactful offensively and even defensively and you know i if you just watch the game, and I don't mean for that to sound like too disrespectful, but if you just watch the game, you can see how impactful he is. Um, we've talked about this a couple of times, but the Cavaliers do not have anyone on their team who is a threat at guarding great wings or sh- or even like one to three guards. If you think about who they have, Darius and Sexton and Rubio, when they were healthy, Lavert's not an incredible defender. And then they they go right to their big lineup of Lowry, Mobley, and Allen. And sure, Mobley and Allen can like help switch occasionally because they're truly gifted big men, but you don't want those guys chasing around a, a good wing player. So all, all that to say, Okoro is so critical to their importance. Um, he's their best wing defender by far, bar none. And there's, I think, some reason to believe the offense will likely get better based on how old he is. His free throw shooting continues to rise um, and just him in transition, like the past couple of games, you know, when he gets the ball in transition, he's been electric. So I think the knock on a is, you know, his offense is, uh, is insignificant and it isn't helpful, which to, to a point, I agree he needs to grow, but man, what he did to Kuzma is a perfect example. He won them the game when Kuzma was going off and roasting the Cavaliers the other night, um, JB finally said, Okoro, go get him and completely shut down Kuzma, which completely shut down the Wizards. So I think JB even had a great quote, which said, Okoro's special and the type of guy who he could have zero points and be the most impactful player on the court. Cause it's not just about offense. Like it's easy to read box scores and see points and assists, but watch the game and, and see how tough he makes it for guys. Uh, I love Okoro and he's very close to me to the core. It's, Garland, Mobley, Allen is the kind of the core, but man, I'm I'm eager to sneak Okoro in there. I think he's got so much potential, and, and I love him. No more, no more Okoro slander, folks. All right, we talked about this last week or the week prior about Karis LeVert or Isaac Okoro in the starting lineup, especially in the playoffs. One, it's purely matchup based. LeVert brings you a lot more offense, obviously. Isaac Okoro, like we've, like you just said, and we've discussed multiple times. You can't replace his defense. I mean, he's not only the Cavs' go-to guy when it comes to stopping literally the the opposing players or the opposing team's best player one through four or non-big. The opposing team's non-big, best non-big. I mean, James Harden's going to get his points. Kevin Durant's going to get his points. But you can, I can promise you, Isaac Okoro is going to make things very tough for them, and they will get very angry just because of how. Th- I mean, he's not really the the Cavs' best defender win defender he's i'd say he's probably like a top seven in the league easily yes he needs to 
be more efficient offensively. But like you said, JB said he can provide zero points and still be one of the most significant significant guys in the game. I see it on both sides, though. I see the Cavs have three seven-footers, so they need a a two-guard that can score. They need an offense-first two-guard. Isaac Okoro isn't offense-first. He'll never be offense-first. It is what it is. But then this... The other side, which is the side I'm leaning way on, is that, oh, no, I guess going back to my first point, Darius Garland has put the team on his back. It's the re- one of the many reasons why his back is hurting. Darius Garland needs a guy that can cr- dribble and create as the, his two-guard. Isaac Okoro isn't that. Karis LeVert is that. That's why they traded for him. But with that... Imagine if Darius Garland had to guard the opposing team's best point guard all, all game. Imagine how much stress that would put on Darius Garland defensively, and he would not be able to do what he does offensively. So I feel like, yes, the argument is true that Isaac Okoro needs to have an offensive game, but just think about defensively and like the burden that Darius would have, not only being the team's leading point guard, but just having to guard the team's or the opponent's best guard all freaking game long, which is what Isaac or Isaac Okoro does. And speaking of three-point shooting, I think he's at 32% this year. He was at 29% last year. And his free throw shooting, I know, has gone up as well. But the most important thing here in all this argument, well, it's not really argument, but in all this statement is that Isaac Okoro, is tw- he just turned 21 years old. He's nowhere near his prime. Just let the kid play. He's one of the top wing defenders already at 21. His offensive game will hopefully become more efficient as he gets older and gains more experience. But, yeah, like you said, he's not part of the big three, obviously, on the Cavs. But he provides so much to this team. Like you said, and J.B. Bickerstaff has said that, like, so much just doesn't go – like, if you don't watch the game and you just look at the box score, you'd be like, wow, Isaac Kokoro didn't do much tonight. But, like, I mean, against Washington, like you said again, he shut down Kyle Kuzma. I, the the Cavs obviously had to score points to win, but Isaac Okoro could have provided zero points, and him shutting down uh, Kyle Kuzma in the final or in the final like five to six minutes won them the game. It's just, I think I I I know he was the number five pick in the NBA draft, so this might be a bad like comparison. People might say, "Hey, that's not good," considering he was the number five pick, but if Isaac Okoro's ceiling is a more athletic PJ Tucker. I will take that on this cast team in a heartbeat. Yeah, championship piece. Every team would, every contending team would love a PJ Tucker. Um, put him on their best player, make it difficult for them, and hit but that corner three. I'm going to interrupt. Yeah. Before you go on, Milwaukee, they traded for PJ Tucker last year, they won the championship. Miami, I think they signed P.J. Tucker. I don't think they traded for him. I think they signed him in this offseason. If you look at the NBA standings, Miami is currently in first. So you're talking about a guy that was an NBA champion last year and that Milwaukee literally traded for him because they know how important a guy like P.J. Tucker is. And now the number one seed in the East, he P.J. Tucker is currently a starter. But continue, Seth. Oh, I, I love singing the praises of Okoro. And the the one the thing I like most about him, I th- I think, is – he, he's not afraid to just kind of like nasty. Like I feel like a lot of the top picks that come out, 
within the last few years. It's so offensive minded, and there's so little defense. Like look, look who's been drafted lately. You know, you think about like the Lamelo balls, or even even to a, a certain degree, you know, who they just played the other night. Um, look at Ant, Anthony Edwards. Like these guys are are not. These guys are not going after the opposing team's best players and spend a lot of time and effort and energy on defense. Okoro loves it. And he gets pumped up. He gives the crowd some emotion when he gets a big stop. Um, after the game, he was wearing the awesome, sick, new, like, Cavalier dog chain that JB created, which was incredible. Would love to know how much that's worth. <laughs> I, I love it, man. You know me. I, I absolutely love Okoro. And with, without him, man, they would be hurting defensively they would be hurt i understand they have mobley and allen completely understand that but you you have to have one plus wing defender and and he is that yeah i mean even i know i already said that he eases the burden off darius garland he might not do it offensively but he sure as hell does it defensively imagine if evan mobley and jared allen had to worry even more about opposing guards than they already do if isaac okuro wasn't on the at I, I can just keep repeating what I'm saying because I'm a huge Isaac Okoro fan. I'm not a huge fan, but a fan of Isaac Okoro like you. And I just hate the slander. I really do. I mean, I don't care what the analytics or the box score says. He's important to this Cavs team, and it's as simple as that. Yep, absolutely. Um, so, Josh, do you mind if I hit you for some mailbag? It's a good transition time. Do it. Yeah, let's do a mailbag. All right, let's do a couple of mailbags. And then this, this is a tease, ladies and gentlemen. I got a fun – so we, we're talking injuries and, you know, one and four in their last five. They got a tough stretch coming up. Don't worry. We got something fun planned, so it's not all doom and gloom here. We got, we're got we going to have a fun segment coming up. After. And by the way, this segment, I literally don't know what it's about, so it's going to be a surprise for me as well. Yeah. But, yeah, give us the mailbag. So, mailbag yeah. so uh, Nick had a great one, and, and I love it because it's a bit optimistic. So I think we need that for this podcast. So Nick's question was, once the Cavs get into the playoffs, he actually said if the Cavs get into the playoffs, I'm changing it to once the Cavs get in the playoffs, no big deal. How deep do you think their rotation will be? So once the Cavs get into the playoffs, how deep do you think the bench will be? And I didn't spring this on you, so – I can shoot first, Josh, and give you a few seconds to to think through it because I I had listed out some of the guys who who I think are probably going to be the go to for a playoff rotation. Uh, I can actually I'll go first. I'll okay. just go to their back score from last game and then just add in some guys. Um, assuming Rondo, Garland, and Lavert are healthy, I'll go those three: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I'll go nine guys deep. That seems like a lot for the playoffs, but I don't think there's a way. I mean, JB loves his like 10, nine and 10 main rotations. I know last night he played. I think, although I guess last night he played eight guys, 10 plus minutes, but then again, it's injuries. So I will go Markinen, Okoro, Jared Allen, Evan Mobley, uh, Kevin Love, Jetty Osman, and then the three guys that are currently hurt right now, which would put us at nine. Brandon Goodwin, he is a he's done a great job. Um and with Rondo and Garland out, but he if Garland, Rondo, and Lavert are healthy, he's not gonna play in the playoffs unless it's a blowout. And then like a guy like Dean Wade's not gonna play. Lamar Stevens, I love his energy, especially defensively. I don't think he sees the floor unless it's a blowout. And then yeah, that's it. So those nine. I I'll go with Markinen, Okuro, Allen Mobley, Kevin Love. Usman and then Rondo, Lavert, and Garland. 
That's the that's the exact nine that I have, and it's it's tough because I think if I think if the Cavaliers had to press some buttons in a playoff series, they would probably look to a good win, or they might look at like a Wade or even Stevens if they needed some toughness. But yeah, I think this year the, we've seen a lot of guys get minutes that that probably wouldn't normally based on injury. So we've gotten some good memories with some of these guys like a Stevens or, or Wade, a, a good one, especially, but yeah, I, I think anything over nine is, is probably not going to happen. I mean, everything tightens up. So I, I think you nailed it. That's the exact nine that I had. And then, you know, maybe with, if, if you get bad Osmond for, for a little while, maybe you, you throw Wade in there for Osmond or Stevens based on the matchup. Honestly though, if it's bad Jetty, you just throw to eight. Yeah. I, 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 I guess we could look back at previous playoff matchups and teams, but most teams I don't think don't go nine guys. If they do go nine, the ninth guy plays like 10, 12 minutes tops just to give the other guys a breather. But then, I mean, the Cavs, that's what's exciting about this team too. They, they have so many injuries, but at full strength, I mean, you're talking Lamar Stevens and basically Brandon Goodman would be like your 14th and 15th best guys on the roster out of 15 guys. So that's what makes this team so exciting too is that this, this team's deep. And I mean, yeah, D, like you're not going to roll with no more. It's not going to be more than a nine minute rotation in the playoffs. We all know that. But I just love, I don't know. I, I just want the Cavs to make the playoffs and just, I don't, I hope they don't get swept if and when they do make the playoffs. But I just want to experience a playoff series with this team, hopefully at as full strength as possible. Yep. Yeah, 100%. All right, th- this is the last of it. So mailbag question number two. And I think this this one's interesting because it's all based on timing. So this, this one's kind of a quick hitter. Who will play more games the remainder of this season? So let's just say regular season, who will play in more games for the Cavaliers? Levert or Garland? Damn. Uh, I'll give you a plug though, because you, if, if you guys haven't read, Seth made a uh, post on waitingfornextra.com last week, I think, with the Cavs remaining schedule. It was just before third. I think it came out Thursday with the Cavs playing Thursday night, and it had like the breakdown of their schedule. I'm pretty sure he had three back to backs on there, so that is three games that Darius will miss in the final 21, at least three games. And so I will go with. I mean, Karis LeVert's already been listed as out tomorrow with Rondo. Garland's questionable. I think Garland plays with a minute restriction. I'm going to be selfish and hope that he plays because uh, tomorrow I'm going to my first Cavs game mm-hmm. of the season, so I kind of hope he plays even with the minutes restriction. But I will – man, uh, the Cavs play tomorrow, Friday, Sunday. Hopefully LeVert's back by Sunday. At the late. I'll go with LeVert. I think they're going to be very, 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 very – I can't say very enough. They're going to be very cautious with Darius and play him as much as he needs to stay in rhythm and just to like keep the chemistry with the guys and as little as they can to give him as much rest for the playoffs. And hopefully, I mean, yeah, let's be honest. You said it before. They're nine, nine and a half games ahead of the 11th seed with 21 games left. They need disaster to happen and not make the play in at the worst. So they're essentially going to make the playoffs. 
Yeah, I'll go with Levert because I think they're going to be very cautious with the Garland in his back and just hope to give him as much rest as possible until the playoff start or the playing starts. One of the two. Yep, I, I had Levert. I, it's we it, say the same answers every time except for the uh, All Star Weekend. We need more conflict. Yeah, it's just too much agreeable. I guess we need some like more complex questions. I don't. I don't know. Maybe that's it. Uh, but yeah, for work things you you said exactly. I mean, it, I think Darius. Although he's probably going to be the first one to play, you know, if you if you have kind of a starting gate of today, sounds like Darius hopefully is going to play tomorrow night uh, while Levert's still out. But just in terms of the type of injury Levert has versus Garland, you'd think hopefully Levert's going to come back and be okay after a sprained ankle. And I think to your point, they're going to kind of baby Darius and get him primed for whether it's the play in or you know first round playoff series. Either way they know Darius is key to their their potential chance at winning the first round so i 100% agree with you they're going to they're going to wait to uh, to make sure that he's good to go yeah this team will go as far as Darius takes them so it's really as simple as that i know he's like the team's mvp as a point guard i mean he's cg the pg and second it will be interesting to see how jb and kobe manage Darius i'm assuming he will not play back to backs like i said but like if it's like a three game and a five game stretch i'm assuming he'll set out at least one of those but what will be interesting to see is if i know like last three four weeks ago they sat darius out it was a back-to-back and they played philly part of the back-to-back and this other game was like against the easier opponent they sat darius against the easier opponent thinking that they could still win but played him against philly i wouldn't be surprised if it was the opposite the rest of the season where they sit Darius against a team like Philly, but play him against an easier opponent, almost not like securing the win, but making it even easier to beat that team. Cause I mean, let's be honest, even if Darius is playing against Philly, they cast still might not win. James Harden and Joel Embiid are looking very good together in like two or three games. So I wouldn't be surprised if he not only sits back to backs, but he also plays against the easier opponent rather than, the tougher opponent like he did a month or uh, a few weeks ago. I really like what you just said there because their, their position in the East has changed just enough where I think you have to seriously consider that strategy where exactly it's, it was the Cavaliers are good enough to beat bad teams without them a few weeks ago. Whereas now it's, they're not, they've proven they're not the, the past couple games. Um, and so, yeah, you, you need to deploy Darius against the Pistons, unfortunately, and you may need to, to deploy him against the Timberwolves aren't a terrible team. They're, they're league average, I guess. Um, but hundred percent agree with you. It's those are tough games, regardless against the 76ers or the heat or Chicago. If you can give Darius some rest, give it your best shot. And then you, you got to go win the games where the teams are, you know, uh 35 percentile winning percentage or 40% and, you know, try, try your best <laughs> against some of these tougher teams. Yeah. Look, I'm looking at your post right now. So they're back to their three back to backs are um coming up at Miami at Chicago. That's tough. That's too, I looking ahead to the playoffs. I don't want to play Miami. They're, I mean, obviously, they're number one seed. Chicago is probably the team that, that Cleveland matches up with the best, especially if they're without Lonzo Ball. I wouldn't. I if I had to say, if it's basically guaranteed that Darius is going to sit out one of the two games in the back to back, and the first one, I'd say he's going to sit out the Miami game, March eleventh. Second one is March eighteenth and March nineteenth, the week after the first one versus Denver and versus Detroit. He will sit out the Denver game and play Detroit. 
and then the third one, which is close to the end of the season, three uh, March 30th, March 31st versus Dallas and at Atlanta. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I don't know. That one's a tough one because one's at home and one's at Atlanta. He's obviously going to travel with the team, so travel doesn't really matter. But yeah, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if JB and Toby change up their strategy and play Darius against the easier teams and sit him out against the tougher teams. It's not like a scouting thing. The opponents have plenty of film on Darius and the Cavs when they're fully healthy. Just like because you need in the final 21 games, you need to beat the team that you, you should beat. I mean, it's not like competing with the Phillies for the number one seed anymore and the Miami's for the number one seed anymore. It's just winning as many games as – I mean, that's cliche. You want to win as many games as possible. But you know what I mean. If they need to beat the team that they should beat, it's as simple as that. Yep, it's clinging, clinging for dear life for that six seed and not dropping to seven or eight because you do not know what's going to be waiting for you in the bottom of that playing tournament. Could be Atlanta, who if, if Hunter's back is a pretty good team. Could be the Nets, who – if Simmons and, and Seth Curry are, are, are you know jiving, could be a that's that's worst nightmare. Nets yep. in the plane is worst nightmare. Although I guess if they're the seven or eight seed, they can afford to lose to the Nets and still play nine or ten or whatever. But yeah, getting the Nets in the plane is worst case scenario. Man, the East. Not, not that we need to dive into this too much, but man, the East. It's like. I know it, it hasn't been overnight, but damn, like it's it's so tough to uh, project who's going to come out, which is fun. Like as an NBA fan, it's, it's pretty awesome. But thinking about the gauntlet, like whoever comes out of the East, barring some significant injuries, damn, like good for them because this is going to be a gauntlet. Yeah, I mean, speaking of the East, the West has the three best teams in the NBA record-wise, Phoenix, Golden State, Memphis. They're all better than Miami, who's number one seed. But if you were looking, so the West has the three best teams record-wise, but the East is a much deeper conference. Right now, the 10th seed, so the last team in the play in, in the East is Charlotte. They are 30 and 33. The last, wow, the Lakers are somehow in the play-in tournament, by the way. But the last uh, play-in team, so the 10th seed in the West is 25 and 36. It's the Pelicans. So, I mean, it, like you said, it's a gauntlet in the East. They might not have the best teams. I mean, I love, by the way, I love Memphis. John Moran is so fun to watch his game last night with that poster and then, like, that full-court pass with .4 seconds left and you somehow got a shot up at the buzzer. That was incredible. But, yeah, so the East is much deeper. The West has the best teams, but the East is much deeper, which I guess sort of sort of hurts the Cavs this year considering they're in, like, that 6-10 to 10 range now. But, yeah, it's going to be a gauntlet. I can't wait. I mean, I love the NBA playoffs as it is especially because like teams like or players like the stars turn on that switch in the playoffs. They, they like, it's a marathon, not a sprint in the regular season. And then once the playoffs start, they just like ramp it up. I just cannot wait for the playoffs this year, especially if the Cavs are hopefully in it. 
Yeah, I'm like I'm I'm bummed just for like the first uh, two rounds because there's going to be so many good games on. I'm going to need to have like a computer and TV set up so I can watch both at the same time. Because yeah, every night's going to be just an awesome matchup in the East and, and the West is is going to have some good ones too. So yeah, it's it's going to be fun. Speaking of fun, I yeah, let's go to this unknown segment that I know nothing about. Speaking of fun, so. Today wasn't as big of a downer as I thought it might be. I've been in the dumps. Injuries have been tough. One and four in the last five, slipping down. We said, no, we got to have something fun in this podcast. And I think we're going to have something fun here. So taking a little different approach, wanted to think about a draft. So drafts are fun, right? They're easy. They're kind of cliche, but drafts are always a good time. And I was thinking about how many injuries the Cavaliers have had this year. And man, they, their roster sure was fun at the beginning of the season. And so I wanted to think about a draft of if the Cavaliers were to play a three on three tournament with their opening roster, how would a draft go with a three on three tournament? And so I've got some names for you, Josh, and I've got a random number generator. Here's what I'm thinking. If, if you're down to play along with me here. If you wanted to get into a snake draft, so whoever got the first pick goes number one, of course, get your get your first overall player. And then the next person goes and gets two and three, and then it goes back four or five, and then, then, then the person that picked first gets six. Um, to build your ideal three-on-three tournament team from the Cavs opening roster. Three-on-three, uh, three, you know, I guess think about it as in like a half-court uh, type of tournament. Um, this is my crazy, I'm supposed to be working and I'm thinking about a Cavs three on three team. What do you think, Josh? Man, you're a legit Cavs podcaster. I think now, I think this, <laughs> no and question though. Why three on three? Why not five on five? Good, let's go five. I, lo- no, let's I don't go care. Five. I, I, I just wasn't sure if there was a reason why you chose three on three and not five on five. I was, especially looking- if we're talking about Cavs full roster. Cause that's like 12 legit guys. Cause right now you're at nine and that's without Sexton and Rubio. Yeah, no, no good point. I picked three because af- after like seven, I kind of got a little murky on uh, do we do we want to go this deep? But hey, I, let's do we, it. Let's, five. Let's, let's go five. All right. Yeah. So, do you want to do you want to reference the opening uh, lineup real quick on your side, or do you feel comfortable based on the guys um, that you know, kind of top of the head? I'm comfortable top of my head. Look, let's go. Well, I'm, watch, I'm gonna miss like one dude that's so <laughs> obvious, but it is what it is. No, all good. All right. So I've got a link here. That's going to be the random uh, number generator. And I'm thinking if you want to call one or two, uh, once you make the call, I'll hit the random number generator. And then if if you hit it, you can decide if you want first overall pick or if you want me to have first and you get the the two, three combo. Seth out here acting like I trust him. No, but seriously. (laughs) All right, let's do it. Uh, I'll go number one. Number one. All right. I'm going to yeah. drum roll here. I'm going to refresh the link. So it proves that I'm not cheating here. All right. And random number generator in three, two, one click. Number one, you got it. So Damn, I was hoping to get number two though. Okay. I'm fine. <laughs> so number one, so I guess it's in balls in your court now. So do you want to pick first or do you want me to pick Ooh. first and you get two, three? There's some strategy here. There's some serious strategy right here. I'll I'll defer to the second half. I'll I'll uh, I'll kick off and let you pick first. 
I think that's smart. I think there are three very good players, and I think I think getting two three is very smart. <laughs> There's a big three for a reason. Yep, yep, damn it. I, I was hoping you were going to be enamored with one and, and go to it, but okay. So I guess just to recap, I, I guess, you know, talking rules or, or whatever, this will be just for a game this year. This isn't for like who you want to build your team the next three years or five years. This is just for, yeah, hey, this, roll this the ball This has nothing out. to do with like contracts, nothing. Yeah, this is yep. just a pickup game, one, one game for all the marbles. Yep, love it, love it. Okay, it's no surprise. Number one overall, we got to go with our boy Darius Garland. Absolute stud, first-time All-Star. He makes the team run. Uh, we're going to have the the most fluid uh, ball movement of the two teams. Got to pick our boy Darius, 1-1 overall. No hesitation. I, I feel like, is this like the NFL draft where like, the pick is in, but due to commercials <laughs> and TV, I can't say the pick for another four minutes and 50 seconds? Yeah. No, but seriously, my next two picks, Evan Mobley, Jared Allen. That's tough. <laughs> hey, hey, you might have the guy that can score, but he's not scoring on those big guys, so good luck. <laughs> That's tough. There's a very distinct uh, DNA on both teams at this point, right? <laughs> we got one offensive-minded and one that you can't score on, so it's, this is going to be tough. All right, so 1-1 one, one, Darius, you pick – I'm sorry, what order did you go again? Who'd you pick number two? I'll go Evan Mobley number one, and then uh, Jared number two. Love it, love and it. Now so you pick, now you pick two. I hope yeah. you 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 have to pick one guy because I mean, if you don't, then you're screwed offensively. But hey, you do you on this. Yep. So, man. So so now I've got some options. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk through this one a little bit because I'm I'm having some fun here. So I don't have any big guys. I am in trouble with the big guys. It is Taco Tuesday. Just, uh, just saying. <laughs> it's Taco Tuesday, so I can't pick. I can't pick a guard. I don't think I gotta have someone that can bang a little bit. And I think this guy, if I pick him, is gonna kind of lean into what this team does and give me some spacing. So I'm gonna pick the seven foot finish who can do a little bit of banging. I'll admit he's gonna get owned by Allen or Mobley, but he can do just a little bit. I gotta pick our boy Lowry. So number four pick. Evan Evan Mobley's gonna shut out shut down his <laughs> second pick. Guaranteed. <laughs> Guaranteed. Lowry is off the board. Um and then I, I'm I'm wrapping around, right? So I got next pick. Uh, now there's really some interesting options. So I can keep going big here, or I could contemplate taking uh, potentially the best, not potentially, I could take the best perimeter defender on the Cavaliers. And Taco? <laughs> Taco? Um, man, I- I'm thinking right now. There's two guys I'm thinking through. boy oh boy see one guy that i think falls into your lap which i really don't want based on who your team has you know what screw it the plus minus numbers don't lie give me ricky i want ricky rubio on this wow. team i want ricky, ricky on the goes, team wow wow though you just paired up garland and rubio and that's one of the best two-man lineups in the nba over like 500 minutes them <laughs> your analytics at mid-draft Right, right, right. All right, so you went Rubio, Lowry, and Garland. Okay. I will go – shoot, hold on. Now I need to look at the roster. 
Um, Rubio Garland. So the strategy in me says there's no way you pick Callum Sexton because that means Rubio Garland or Sexton are your three guard, and that sounds like a nightmare waiting to happen. <laughs> so I will stick. I will stay away from Sexton for now. I will go. Um, the guy that received received plenty of slander tonight on Cast Twitter. I'm gonna go all defense. I guess. Yeah, I guess I'm all defense on this team. Uh, Isaac Okoro, and then I will go with the former Ohio University commit guy who is currently injured on the Cavs, but I hope he's back sooner rather than later. Karis Levert. I like that. I like that pick a lot. I really almost went a coral that last pick because I absolutely love him. But yeah, you, you brought some scoring punch to your team now too. So you did pretty well there. I think with, we're not going to have, I mean, with, I already hinted at my fifth pick though. We're not going to have many assists. It's just going to be like a one-on-one team, but Hey, if we're, it's all about defense. We're, we're going back to like the seventies and eighties. This def, offense wins games, defense wins championships with this team. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Oh boy. So, so just to recap, who is gone? I don't want to mess this up. So I think Josh, on your team, you have Mobley, Allen, Okoro, and Lavert. Yeah, you got one more selection. Okay. Yeah, and I've got Darius number one one, then Laurie, and then Rubio. Yes. All right. So I got two coming in a row here, and then you're going to finish us off. There are some very interesting guys on the board left. Um. There's not, there's not a lot of defense on the this board. This is about to be bulletin board material in the Cavs locker room, whoever you don't pick, by the way. Because <laughs> obviously this podcast is so famous and well-known that the Cavs players listen to it, obviously. <laughs> Man, I, I, need some, I need some versatility. I, I think I know who I'm going to get, but I'm going to do it in the right order here. I've got to go with the man who won the championship with the Cavaliers. I've got to go with Kevin. I Love. was I was hoping you'd pick him because if you didn't, I can't pick him. I was like, there's no way Kevin Love doesn't get picked in this draft. <laughs> Kevin Love's got to get picked. An absolute marksman from three, having his best year in a long, long time. Let's get him on the board. So I've got Laurie and Love just absolutely hoisting three-point jump shots. Can they get it off over Mobley and Allen? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Spoiler alert. Their <laughs> three-point shot could just got blocked again. <laughs> yeah. All right. And then and then my last uh my last selection. I'm looking at your team, looking at my team. There's two guys I, I really have an opportunity to choose from here. And I'll just I'll just think out loud. It's Sexton or Osman. Sexton, my team is the smallest team that's ever been created. There is no shot you take. <laughs> this isn't even a thought. Don't do it. Don't do it. With Osman, I've got the fun roller coaster that is Osman, and I've got like a true small forward wing. But I mean, I gotta take Sexton. I have to take him. So are you I'm gonna, serious? I have to take him. I totally I to just jinxed him. that like two minutes ago. Then <laughs> I've got to take Sexton. He's too good for me not to take. I gotta You're, take him. Wow. So who's gonna be? Let's. So before I make a pick, who's gonna be a three guard? Or your who's gonna be your wing guy? You well, have Garland, Rubio, and Sexton. Well, and then wait, hold on. You have oh, and then Kevin Love and Lowry. Oh my gosh, my team's gonna eat you alive in the paint. Well, so Ricky Rubio, six four, 
you know, wingspan six five. I think he's going to shut down any wing def- any wing player he needs. Shortest guy's like six six right now. <laughs> yeah. We're uh, the board fell fell where it fell. <laughs> so just to recap, I've got Darius, Rubio, Sexton, Laurie, and Kevin Love. Wow, I I cannot pull. Wow, I'm like I'm baffled. I literally called two minutes ago that I was uh, just hold off on Sexton because I had figured I'd get him with my last pick. And now here we are. Damn it. I Wait, who did I pick? I picked Karis LeVert. And who else did I pick last time? Uh, Okoro. And then Alan I picked Okoro. Oh, man, that was dumb of me. I should have picked Sexton over Okoro. Damn it. Um, I guess I point God Jetty, right? That's, that's his nickname. So I guess it's Jetty. I mean, I can't pick Rondo. No, I, I have to pick the roller coaster that is Jetty Osman over Rondo, even though I need a point guard. So I guess it for me, it's Jetty Okoro. Wait, who's my, I? I'm missing one. Oh, Jetty Okoro, Levert. Levert, yeah. yeah. So it's Jetty, Levert, Okoro, Mobley, Allen. And Ooh. my team is gonna struggle a bit offensively. A we'll bit. Probably av- we'll probably average about ten assists a game. A bit. Yeah. But the problem is that your team will struggle offensively for other reasons. So I think <laughs> I, I I like it. Yeah, that, I'll admit my my team is is a little too offensive oriented. And your nearest <laughs> shot is gonna be fifteen feet. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. Are the threes going in or not? It's that's gonna be that's gonna be it. I mean. Um, defensively, my team's an absolute train wreck. Offensively, <laughs> they got a lot you of. We're literally gonna live and die off the three point line <laughs> and not be able to stop anyone defensively. But yeah. I mean, hey, if you're hot, then you're not gonna be able to lose either. So <laughs> you better hope that three point line is nice to you when we when this five. I it, this team's obviously never gonna play. It's all hypothetical. I kind of wish they'd play though, honestly, just to see it. Just to get like the little simulation. I wish there was a way that you can put in. Man, did I just have a million dollar idea? Put in two five on five rosters and have it simulate and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Or in the NFL, put in two eleven on eleven rosters, have it simulate in the M- or in the MLB. Uh, out, no, we're not going to talk about the MLB. That's a <laughs> that's a train wreck waiting to happen. Yeah, but I. By the way, before we go on, this is a great idea. I love it. I wish maybe next time we'll get some uh, Twitter inputs somehow. I'm trying to think of how we can do a draft via social media. But yeah, this is an outstanding idea and it provided plenty of fun, by the way. Yeah, a little. I, I was a little sloppy, a little messy. We'll clean it up. We'll figure out the right, like the right format for it. But yeah, a good, a good stepping stone. Anyone who's listening, you're on the ground level. It'll get better from here. And especially because I just looked at ESPN Gamecast and my beloved Ohio State Buckeyes just lost again, so I needed that fun. Is it like mid-March yet? We just need to like get to mid-March for the NCAA basketball. But I'm with that. Um, yeah, that was a fantastic idea. I don't know if you got it or one of your buddies got it, but that was great, by the way. Yeah, I, I was supposed to be working, and I'm thinking, I need something fun tonight, man. I can't just talk about injuries and, and the Cavs sliding down the scale. Need something. So I'm glad we had a little had a little bit of fun, and we'll we'll keep you know thinking through this, what's the best format moving forward. And, and damn, I'll tell you what, one thing about that, like the swings of, the, of having two picks in a row, that was tough. 
uh, you know, if it was back and forth, back and forth, but then number one pick has significant advantage getting one, three, but man, like casting the picks over to you and you going back to back. Whew, there are some swings there, man. I was, that was tough. Maybe we can have the uh, sequel of this be another five versus five, but the team, the players that haven't been drafted yet, because let's see, the Cavs have 15 players on their roster sets five and they have, Oh no, I guess they want unless you include like Taco Fall, because they've only had like three guys out for the season due to or two guys out. I don't know. But it would be fun to do like a bottom half of a roster, and that would take some real strategizing, I guess. Maybe. Although maybe you'll just go offense first and not worry about anything else inside the three point line again. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm like the big, like defensive minded guy. Like I love a and Mobley and I'm just <laughs> all snipers. Yeah. That was, that was good stuff. Yeah. Seth, like 30 minutes ago, just said how important Okoro is. And then he dressed off three point shooters. that can't play defense. Yeah. We'll, but, we'll, we'll need to, we'll, we'll have to have some future drafts and maybe, maybe with some guests too. Like that, that'll be fun. You I, know, get, get a third person in and we'll get some drafts in. yeah, I know I said it like the first week we will get some guests on here. I don't know who, I don't know when maybe sports man. I know he's well missed in the WFMI community because he used to write for us and he used to be on Twitter and he doesn't write for us and he's not on Twitter anymore because Twitter is an evil place. But yeah, Seth, any, I, we said we wouldn't go over an hour again, and here we are, an hour and two, three minutes in. But any final thoughts ahead of this crucial nine-game stretch for the Cavs that starts tomorrow night against Charlotte at home? Yeah, final thoughts. Uh, hope to see Garland out there, and I hope you get to see your first win in person this year. Let's go, Cavs. Yeah, I'm excited about tomorrow night. If Garland plays, I'm going to be super stoked. I know he's going to be on a minute restriction. I don't care. If he doesn't play, I'm still going to be pumped. I mean, I the Cavs, the atmosphere at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, I know people have said it, but it feels like a playoff atmosphere every game, and I think that provides a very nice home field advantage. So I know it's going to be a random Wednesday night against Charlotte, but I th- I feel like a lot of people are going to go just to see LaMelo too. So I hope, I hope it's packed. I hope the Cavs will most importantly win. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for tomorrow night. But I guess... I don't know when the Cavs play next week, but me and Seth will be back. Or Seth and I will be back with you. Let's see. They play Sunday, Tuesday, Friday. We will be back with you either Wednesday or Thursday next week, most likely. So hopefully talk about some winning basketball. Hopefully talk about how Darius came back and he looks very good. Yeah, and that's that. For those of you that joined us live, we appreciate it. For those of you listening uh, on to the podcast edition of this live show. We appreciate you as well. It, we're like minutes after the show, I put it on the podcast form. So wherever you listen to your podcast, we're anywhere and everywhere. And then, yeah, always be sure to tune in, leave some comments, give us some ideas. I know Seth's great idea of the draft. That was awesome. If you have any other ideas to maybe spruce this up a little bit, make it a little bit more fun, but thanks again for joining us and we'll be back with you next week. Hit Pass Moto, sponsored by Moto America, is the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. From candid interviews with the top names in racing to providing insights into the trends and trendsetters driving the motorcycle industry, we have you covered. New episodes are available every Thursday at pitpassmoto.com and on your favorite podcast app. Ride on!